0: Hello everyone, what's new, Andrew here, and welcome to my first ever movie review. It's really weird because when I made this channel, I wanted to do originally Nintendo discussions and also animated movies, and I haven't done anything yet. I realize that. But the movie that we're talking about here today is one that I had a lot of opinions of. Immediately when I first saw it, I immediately thought, wow, I want to do a podcast just so I can talk about this movie. Mostly because... I felt like, when it came to seeing reviews of this movie, I felt that I saw a lot of things that bothered me that I felt weren't really being mentioned. So I I just want to put my opinion out there. Whether my opinion's really correct or not, that's mostly up to you guys, but I, I just wanted to share my feelings about this movie. And of course, the movie that we're talking about today is Raya and the Last Dragon. At the time, it's the most recent Disney movie to come out. Now, when it came to this movie, I was super-duper excited to see it, and I think a big part of that is due to the amazing initial teaser trailer that we got for the movie. It came out back in October 2020, even now, I still think this teaser trailer really really stands up. I love a lot of things about this teaser. First of all, the Southeastern-inspired world made it immediately stand out from anything else Disney has ever released. You could just see it everywhere in the movie. The outfits, the world, the buildings. The influence was obviously there. But even outside of the Southeastern Asian representation, I thought that this movie just looked fantastic. It was dark, mysterious. There was much more of a focus on dark caves and sword fighting, which I really, really admired. There were talks about this fractioned world, and why is the only one who could restore it. There was not a lot of comedy in it, which I just think really told its viewers how this was not your typical Disney movie. It made me really, really excited for this movie and what would come out of it in the coming months. Well, in January 2021, luckily, we got that first actual trailer. And, for the most part, it was still really good. However, there were some aspects of the movie that did concern me quite a bit. First off, I noticed that it had a lot more of a silly tone to it. Like in the beginning, they were focusing on, Oh, it's a con baby! Oh, wow! And, you know, it's not terrible, it just wasn't what I expected considering the first trailer, though by far the aspect that I thought concerned me the most was Sizu. I… when I heard the subtitle of The Last Dragon, I kind of assumed that the dragon would be the goal. The thing that we're trying to get to but to find out that not only is it like a partner sort of character but it was also one that was a comic relief and i'm not gonna lie it looked like a dreadfully unfunny comic relief it kind of had me worried for how this movie was gonna turn out overall but you know that was just a small concern season was just a small part of the trailer either way it's a lot of great action scenes it still had a lot of dynamic environments, it still focused on the plot that the world is fractured, need to be put together, had a lot of swordplay, you know, I was really happy about that. And so, on March 5th, 2021, the movie came out to theaters and on Disney+, and I didn't actually see it at all. The thing is, is that in March 2021, I was pretty busy with school, and I still didn't really feel comfortable enough to go to theaters. And, on Disney+, Plus, Disney did that wonderful thing where they charged $40 for their new movie, even though Pixar puts theirs out for free. And yeah, I wasn't going to spend $40 to see a movie like this, so yeah, thanks Disney. However, critics seemed to like it just fine. There was a lot of flack on the lack of southeastern representation when it came to the voice cast, but other than that, it was known as a pretty harmless movie. A lot of people said that it was okay, Nothing terrible and then just called it a day. When the movie did eventually come to Disney Plus, I barely even remembered. I was just scrolling through movies one night and I just realized, oh shoot, Ryan the Last Dragon's out. Okay, I'm finally going to watch it. And man, this movie kinda sucked. I just couldn't believe how much missed potential there was with this movie. And just to be clear, if you like the movie, that's fantastic. I'm super glad that there's things that you could see that I just really couldn't see. Also, another thing I wanted to point with this movie review is that I will not be focusing on the lack of southeastern representation in the voice cast. That is a problem, I will not say that at all, but I just wanted to focus more on why this movie fails as a story, rather than why this movie fails as a cultural representation of Asia. Well, now that that's all out of the way, Let's get things started with Raya and the Last Dragon. The movie starts out with a nice little history lesson of the world. Thousands of years ago, there existed these creatures called Druuns. These black, fiery blobs that sucked the life out of anything it touched, petrifying humans, animals, and killing any wildlife around them. The Druun were locked in a ferocious battle with the dragons. The battle waged on so long that it got to the point where there was only one dragon left. Sizu. Sizu, with the help of a magical powerful stone, was able to wipe out all the Droom in the land and restore all the petrified life. However, it came at a cost. Not only were none of the petrified dragons restored, and Sizu herself disappeared after she used the stone. So, she saved humanity but created a dragon free world. The dragon stone, however, was still there but it became very desired by all the nations of Kumandra, the world this takes place in. So, the world of Kumandra eventually battled and begun wars in order to get the Dragonstone, and, during that, split into five nations. This, I thought, was an extremely effective beginning. Now, we jump to thousands of years later, where we finally get to see Raya. We see a young Raya going through a trap-filled temple and fighting a guard in order to get the Dragon Gem, but in reality, this is just a test set up by her father, Benja. Raya and Benja are a part of one of the nation's heart, who actually have the Dragon Gem. And we see Benja finally acknowledging Raya as a guardian of the Dragon Gem. While Raya is prepared to fight anything and anyone to guard the Gem, to her surprise, Benja actually calls delegates from other regions not to battle, but as a peace offering, believing that Kumandra can be a whole once again, despite Raya believing otherwise. All the while, Raya gives us a brief description of the five regions. There's Tail, a hot arid desert. Talon, a floating marketplace full of thieves and assassins. Spine, a cold, thorny stronghold that's filled with barbarians. Fang a wealthy region which is known to have some of the most untrustworthy people, and finally Heart, where Raya is from, which contains the dragon gem and is full of lush greenery. This description rundown is really cool because not only are the nations really different and have lots of variety, but Raya also goes over the fighting styles that every single nation has. It makes for a really exciting world, and when I first watched the movie, It made me look forward to what the filmmakers can really do with it. The other nations arrive to Heart, but unfortunately, they're not interested in a peace offering. Instead, they're still mad at Heart for hoarding the Dragon Gem, because they believe it gives Heart prosperity, and the other nations believe that the Dragon Gem should be shared and given across other nations, despite the fact that Benja insists that the Dragon Gem does not give them any prosperity. Now, one critique I do have with this part of the movie is that it does seem that because they have the dragon gem, it makes them more prosperous. The dragon gem emits water, it gives a lot of water, that's clearly the element of the dragon gem. But during the rundown of the other nations, we see that tail is a hot desert, and spine is super cold, and they both don't have a lot of vegetation at all. So, it really makes me think that maybe if they did have the gem, it would really help them, and maybe water is kind of a concern and is actually a part of why Heart is successful, and some other nations are not as fortunate to have that source of water that Heart does. Well, either way, while all the delegates talk, Raya meets a new friend. The daughter of the Empress of Fang turns out to be a girl Raya's age, named Nomari they really hit it off as they have a lot in common, such as an interest in dragons, being raised by a single parent, and even excelling in sword combat. Now, while Nomari and Raya's relationship is nice so far, it does go into a problem that I have with the script. I'm not a huge fan of when fantasy movies that are set in a fantastical world use modern-day slang. Like, for example, Raya and Nomari say that they're dragon nerds, and. When I hear the word nerd used in a movie like this, it just kind of confuses me, and just really takes me out of the world in general, but this isn't the biggest problem in the world, it's just peppered into the script, and I just thought this would be a good place to mention it. Either way, while they're chatting, Nomari tells Raya an old legend about Sizu, saying that even now, she's resting at one of the water's ends in Kumandra, and Nomari even gives Raya a little charm with Sizu on it, which is super sweet and makes Raya trust her so much that she shows Nomari the location of the Dragon Gem. However, that's when Nomari reveals her true intentions. She was using Raya all this time in order to find the location of the Dragon Gem and steal it for Fang. Raya tries to defeat Nomari in combat, but unfortunately, Nomari overpowers her, and buys enough time for the other nations to locate the Dragon Gem Shrine. However, it's also enough time for Benja to show up, and he tries to give one last peace offering to the other nations. Not only did the other nations reject his offering, but they also shot his knee with an arrow, and the other nations stormed through him. Now, what's really weird about this part, is that when the other four nations go against Heart, they draw out their weapons, despite the fact that only two people are guarding the Dragon Gem, and one of them is a little girl. And yet, when Heart is defeated, and all four of the other nations have free access to the Dragon Gem, they don't fight each other, they all just rush up to the Dragon Gem and try to grab it for themselves. It's basically the equivalent of a slap fight, I have no idea why they do it. Either way, because of their stupidity, they all accidentally break the Dragon Gem into pieces. And, breaking the Dragon Gem caused all of the drone to be revived. You know, those creatures that originally were devastation to humanity and petrified all life around them? Yeah, those things. While trying to flee from the drone, Raya grabbed a piece of the Dragon Gem, and her father sacrificed himself to save her, because let's face it, immediately when you saw him, you knew something was gonna happen to him. You know how Disney films are with parents. And, that's the first act of the movie, and I think it leads to a really good start. The world and its lore are all set up very effectively, and I think the characters are quite good. Even though it was super obvious that something was going to happen to Benja, I thought he was a really endearing character. He seems like a really good father figure to Raya, and his efforts to unite the nation make him a really sympathetic character considering his fate. And when I first watched the movie, I was just yelling at my screen because I kinda thought that Nomari was totally trying to betray Raya. But considering the circumstances, it made sense why Raya trusted Nomari so much. It didn't seem that she had a lot of friends at all and now she's meeting this girl who had so much in common with her. Raya being over-trusting sets up pretty well for the rest of the movie, and I think it did a great job here. Now that's enough retrospection, because we're going to skip to six years later, where she has been following that myth that Nomari told her all those years ago, by going to all of the river's ends in Kumandra, in an effort to try to find Sisu, in order to stop the drone and save humanity. They absolutely nailed this part in my opinion. The vast desert of Tail was the perfect setting for this area, as we just see how barren and empty the world is now. And the fact that the only objects that we see in the desert are the now petrified statues of people just really add to the severity of her situation. It was also awesome seeing her so routinely deal with a droom. Despite the fact that they're these really scary forces of nature, she just deals with them like she sees them every single day, which I'm sure she has. But, while Raya's tail, she checks in on one of the last river's ends that she hasn't checked in all of Kumandra, inside of an abandoned, dried-out ship. While inside of this ship, Raya delivers a really heartfelt prayer in order to summon Sisu, I thought Marie Tron did a fantastic delivery of this line. It really shows a sense of how much time Raya's been trying to find Sisu and how desperate she is. At first, it looked like the prayer didn't work at all, but then, water starts to float. A blue fog starts to form. And, Sizu, the mythical last dragon, is summoned. And she is absolutely one of the biggest problems I have with this movie. First off, I think she's the one thing in the movie that I just can't stand the design of. It looks like they took a Chinese dragon and just tried to make it look as much as Elsa as possible. And the result is kinda disgusting. Her weird fuzz, the limp-like noodle movement of her body, but I think the worst part is the giant, disproportionate, ugly head. I absolutely can't stand how she looks, but, you know, true beauty lies on the inside. Even if her appearance is really bad, maybe your personality will make up for it. And I hate to say it, but it really, really doesn't. She is my least favorite character in this movie. Now all the criticisms I'm gonna share, I just wanna stress right now, I don't think it's Aquafina's fault. I don't want people to blame Aquafina for if they like or dislike this character. The role she was given in this movie and the things that were said were not her fault, they were the directors and the writers of the movie. So blame them for it. But in general, oh my gosh, Sizu is extremely annoying. She talks way too much. She only has one good joke in the entire movie and oh my gosh, she's so stupid. Like she is just so ignorant. She's often a hindrance to the group as you'll see later in the movie, and she just doesn't learn. She just always does these stupid, irresponsible things and just never gets any sort of like repercussions for it. She just keeps on being dumb and it's just so infuriating to watch her. There is more to why I can't stand Sizu as much as I could, but I think that reason is better saved for a later part of the movie. Just rest assured, this is not the last time I'm going to be talking about her. While I'm certainly not very excited to see Sizu, Raya certainly is. The two of them talk, and to sum it up, Raya needs to collect all of the pieces of the Dragon Gem in order to eliminate the drone and save humanity. And, conveniently enough, all the rest of the pieces of the dragon gem are held by the leaders of the four other nations Tail, Talon, Spine, and Fang. Since we're already in Tail, we might as well start there. Raya and Sisu make it through this booby trap filled dungeon, and they find the piece of the dragon stone clutched in the now skeletal hand of the leader of Tail, who guarded the dragon stone to her grave because she accidentally trapped herself, forcing her to die of starvation while clutching onto that gem which is super dark. But hey, pretty cool! Anyways, Raya and Sisu get the gem, and it gives Sisu shapeshifting powers, allowing her to turn into a human form. I'm sorry to say, I don't like this design either. It's just really hard to believe that Raya says that this form will make her fit in and be more subtle, despite the fact that she's the only human with purple and blue bright glowing hair. Either way, it turns out Raya and Sizu weren't alone, because they were being followed by a now older Nomari and her army. It turns out Raya stole a scroll from Fang or something like that, but the film doesn't really go into a lot of detail about it, so I'm not going to either. Either way, Raya gives back the scroll, and she tries to tell Nomari that she found the last dragon and she's on a quest to restore humanity. While Raya's telling Nomari this, Sisu doesn't transform into her dragon form and instead stays in her human form, and she does nothing to prove that she's the last dragon at all, so predictably, Nomari doesn't believe her, and sends her army after Raya. Luckily, they're rescued by this little kid boat captain restaurant owner chef named Boon, who lets them use their boat in order to travel to the different regions. And I must say, the part where Boon is first introduced to us, I think is one of the highlights of the movie for me. He's super funny, very charismatic, and just a really likeable character. And he has very fun interactions with Raya and Sisu. Either way, we now have a boat, a mythical dragon, a kid, and a sword. It's time to start collecting some gem pieces. Starting with the floating marketplace, which is riddled with thieves and pickpockets, Talon. While Raya's looking for the gemstone piece in Talon, she gets caught by a baby, and her other gemstone pieces get stolen. So after a brief chase scene, she gets them back and lets the baby help her on her quest to retrieve the gemstone pieces. And even though Raya told Sizu to stay in the boat, Sizu can't do that. She has to get into some crazy antics. She has this weird obsession with buying people gifts in order to make friends with them. So Boone convinces her to just take the gifts and say that they're on credit because Sizu's broke and has no money. So. Sizu acts like an idiot, pretty much steals things and just says, Oh, I'll pay it back, it's on credit. She goes completely overboard and makes the rest of the town angry. Sizu nearly gets herself killed by the Empress of Talon. And I'm not gonna lie, this little old lady is one of the absolute most screwed up things in the entire movie. Basically, she's a really horrendous dictator. She throws Sizu in this gate that's actually on land, where all the Droon are. You see all of these petrified statues of people inside this gate, signifying that she has done this several times in order to get her way. She then threatens Sisu that she will close the gate, unless Sizu leads her to the other pieces of the Dragon Gem. Because even though this Empress has one, she wants all the rest of the pieces. I'm not gonna lie, she's by far the most evil thing in this movie, but she's only brought up in this scene. They never mention her again, and I just find that so jarring, because she's like far worse than any other character in this movie, and yet she's never brought up again. But I must say, she's a really clever dictator, and you would be lying to me if you said you didn't think the same. But, before Sizu can pay for her insolence, Raya rushes in to save the day, she steals the Empress's Dragonstone piece, and they get away successfully via boat. And now, they're setting sail for Spine. While Raya and her crew are on their way to Spine, Sizu talks a lot to Raya about Raya's trust issues. Even though Sizu nearly got killed from trusting somebody too much, she's still convinced that the world's broken because Raya doesn't trust people enough and that in order to make the world a better place, she should trust everybody just like Sisu does. Okay, first off Sizu, considering the fact that you nearly just got killed from trusting somebody way too much, and instead of trying to learn from your actions, you instead connect this to Raya not trusting people enough? I don't really know how it happened, I just think it's just a really sloppy correlation. Okay, and second off, Who said anything about Raya not trusting people? She literally got her dragon gems kidnapped by a baby and had to chase her in order to get them. And then right after she caught them, she was like, oh wait, yeah, you can join my ship. It's okay. Like Raya does trust people a lot. Heck, you could say that she trusts people a little too much. So the movie trying to go for this idea that Raya, somebody who doesn't trust anyone at all, despite the fact that the plot contradicts this storyline so many times, is just beyond silly. Plus, Sizu was literally a moment away for death, and what does she have to say for it? Sisu, I told you to stay on the boat! Sorry! The mythical last dragon, everyone! Well, there's more to this plotline, but that's going to have to wait, as Raya and the gang successfully land in Spine. And what else happens but Raya tells Sizu to stay put, Sizu doesn't and does something stupid, and she gets both Raya and her captured. The last dragon, everybody! She is humanity's last hope. Oh god. Luckily, they were captured by a berserker named Tong, who is not only a really harmless guy, but he is also the last living human in Spine, as everyone else got petrified by the drone. This tragic moment doesn't last long, however as Nomari and her army have surrounded the gate, and they demand to see Raya. Raya says that she'll fight Nomari, distracting her, while everybody else goes to the ship. Including Tong, which after less than 10 minutes of meeting him, and him even kidnapping her, lets him join the crew. Because, you know, trust issues. However, there's one problem with Raya's plan. Just like in Heart when they were kids, Raya loses to Nomari. But, for the first time in the entire movie, Sisu actually does something smart. She turns into a dragon and distracts everybody, a diversion that allows Raya to escape. Sisu also escapes, but not before noticing that Nomari looks like she's about to cry tears of joy. The plan works, everybody sets sail on the ship, and oh yeah, luckily Tong actually had Spine's dragon gem piece with him. Raya completely forgot about it. I completely forgot about it, and honestly I feel like the movie did too. Now, I feel like some of you may feel that I'm not going into enough detail about what has happened in the past three regions we've been in, Tail, Talon, and Spine, but honestly, I feel like I'm doing as good of a job as the actual movie does. Because my goodness, the pacing is just lightning fast at this part. We spend so little time in these areas that they don't feel distinctive at all. They just kind of blend in and feel all one and the same. And it's such a shame too. Not only was Raya's introduction to the world of Kumandra such a strong impression, but I really love a lot of the ideas that this movie has with its post-apocalyptic setting. Having one of the nations only have one surviving member is really cool. I love how the Empress of Tail's paranoia pretty much caused her death. And I also love the fact that the two nations that have suffered the most, tail and spine, are the two nations with the least amount of water, so that makes total sense. I love the idea for this world, it's just such a shame because this movie does absolutely nothing with it. And related to this, I'm kind of disappointed with the sword combat in this movie. When Raya introduced all of the nations at the very beginning of the movie, she also mentioned all of their fighting styles. And that led me to believe that we were going to be seeing a lot of scenes where there's sword-to-sword combat. But, ultimately, all it really leads to is Raya fighting only Nomari a few times, and that's it. Every single other nation never really has a chance to show off that unique fighting style that was so properly introduced at the beginning, and I find that so disappointing as well. I was looking forward to Raya fighting assassins and warriors, not the same person three separate times. I don't know, I felt like that was kind of a letdown to me, and I think they could have done a lot with that idea. Anyways, before Raya travels to Fang, Sizu wants to show her something. Shockingly enough, no, Sizu doesn't lead Raya into another trap. But instead, Sizu takes Raya to Heart, where she lets Raya meet the rest of her family, Or, at least, the petrified statues of her brothers and sisters. She then reveals to Raya that her siblings created the Dragonstone, but they trusted Sisu to use it in order to stop the Droom. Sisu uses this fact in order to convince Raya that she should take the first step, and trust Nomari to give her Fang's piece of the Dragonstone. Despite the fact that Nomari has shown no reason at all to be trusted, and that every single one of Raya's team members disagree with this plan, Raya goes along with it anyways, oh boy. So, Raya and Sisu meet up with Nomari alone at the outskirts of Fang, and even though at first it looks like Nomari is being compliant, surprise surprise, Nomari sticks them up with a crossbow, demanding all of the pieces of the Dragon Gem that Raya has collected thus far. But get this, Sizu said that she's got this one. Sizu transforms into her dragon form and tries to use that to convince Nomari that she doesn't have to do this, especially considering Raya's this close from destroying all of the drone. However, it's not enough. Nomari is seen squeezing the trigger of her crossbow. Raya tries to stop her, but to no avail, as an arrow is shot and hits Sizu right in the heart, literally killing her. Yeah, if you didn't believe me on how stupid Sizu is, her own dumb mentalities for trusting everybody she sees literally gets her killed. And while I am genuinely surprised that Sisu actually dies in this movie, I just wish it could've happened sooner. Well, even though I'm personally fine with Sisu being out of the movie, the other characters are definitely not, because the last dragon dying causes all of the water in the world to be drained, leaving nothing to protect the rest of civilization from the Druid. Despite everything that's just happened, Raya only has one thing on her mind. She wants Nomari dead, for real this time. She travels to Fang by foot, and the two of them have their final battle. And while all that's happening, the rest of Raya's friends evacuate Fang. Which I don't exactly get the point of doing, considering I thought the droon were everywhere, not just in the village. And apparently, they're trying to lead everyone to the lake because it's safer. Get to the water! Keep going! Keep going! Even though the lake's already dried up, and that's not stopping everyone from being consumed by the Droon. I don't know. During the entire movie, not just this one part, all the rest of Raya's partner characters never really do anything substantial. They always have their time in the sun when we first meet them, but then immediately when they get on the boat, They do nothing of any significance, and we don't really get to see any more of their character either. After their introduction, we never learn anything else about these characters, and they barely even interact with Raya at all. Remember that bandit baby we met all the way back in Talon? I've been calling her just the baby, because we don't learn her name until an hour and 15 minutes into the movie. And they don't even act like it's a big deal, they just said, oh yeah. The baby's name is Noi, didn't any of you check or call her collar? It legitimately feels like they forgot to say her name, and they just had to add in that line. The part of the movie that represents best how insignificant all the partner characters really are, is when Raya and Sisu go to heart near the end of the movie. Because when Raya and Sisu fly away, The only thing any of those characters can say about Raya and Sisu going away is that Tong mutters, So, what do we do now? That moment really made me laugh, because it felt like the scriptwriters were even acknowledging that they do nothing. (laughs) Well, that's enough about pointless characters, because Raya's still having her duel of fates back in the Palace of Fang. Where, surprisingly, she actually won this time. It looks like Raya's about to finish her off, too. However, it's at this moment where Nomari mutters what is easily my least favorite line in the entire movie. I never meant for any of this to happen. Liar! I don't care if you believe me. Sisu did. But you didn't trust her. That's why we're here. Do whatever you want. But you're as much to blame for Sisu's death as I am. (sighs) Now, I've been spending a lot of time talking about how much I just can't stand Sisu as a character. And rightfully so. She's one of my least favorite Disney characters I have ever seen in any of their movies. She's really, really bad. And I have neglected to mention that while I don't think Nomari is as bad as Sizu, I also consider her to be an absolutely awful character. Now, one thing I want to address is that the movie tries to make Nomari seem like a sympathetic villain more than anything. It's revealed that throughout the movie it seems like Nomari wants to do the right thing, but she's unfortunately being manipulated by her mother, which is the main reason that Nomari stuck Raya up in the first place. However, there are just so many actions and things that Nomari says and does, that just makes her a completely irredeemable character to me. First off, we know at the beginning of the movie that Nomari is one of the main reasons that the Droom got revived in the first place. She originally tricked Raya into leading her where the Dragon Gem is, and then she called for reinforcements and beat Raya up. While she didn't directly break the gem technically, she was one of the main people behind that happening. And after doing something as atrocious as bringing the Druun back, does she show any guilt, or regret, or remorse that she indirectly killed thousands and thousands of people all around the world? No, not really! Raya tries for six years to search for something to clean up her mess, but no, she doesn't help, she doesn't try to do anything. And when Nomari does address the little mess that she made at the beginning of the movie, she always says, Oh, I had the best intentions in mind. I never meant for anything like that to happen. What best intentions did you have? All of your objectives happen to benefit your region. Ain't nobody else's. I don't really see how this could be used for a defense. You didn't have best intentions in mind. This wouldn't benefit anybody except for yourself. You had selfish intentions in mind. You never once ever thought of best intentions. And the fact that this movie tries to use that in order to justify her awful actions is just so stupid. There have been several times where she could have done the right thing. Like for example, She could've just given Raya Fang's piece of the dragon gem, and just called it a day. But no, she had to threaten him, because her mom told her to, and Nomari has no choice but to do so. What are you talking about?! Your plan was to threaten Raya, alone, with a dinky little crossbow on the outskirts of town, even though you already know Raya has a freaking dragon with her! Nobody was watching, you- you had no excuse not to just give Raya the gem! And the sheer audacity Nomari has to spin this all around and try to blame Raya for everything that's happened. No, just no, what is wrong with you? How could you think any of this was Raya's fault, despite the fact that you were the one who chose to kill Sizu? And even though the movie's trying to make it seem that, Oh yeah, Nomari wasn't trying to kill Sizu, it was because Raya interfered. There is literally a shot of Nomari tightening her crossbow trigger. Sizu would have been killed no matter what. Raya was just trying to save her, but it just didn't work. This is all such blatant gaslighting, and the worst part is, Raya completely falls for it. Raya spares Nomari, and they both help evacuate everybody from Fang. Eventually, Nomari, Raya, and the rest of Raya's crew get trapped underground and become surrounded by Druun. And with the powers of the Dragon Gem fading, things aren't looking good. However, it's only then that Raya realizes that it's trust that really powers the gem. And why the other dragons chose Sisu to hold the gem is because they all trusted her, and that really helped her power up the gem. Or whatever. I don't think I need to go into why this is so stupid, but this is just really, really stupid. Well, I guess they needed something to tie into the main lesson of this movie, no matter how sloppily written it is. This encourages Raya to take the first step when it comes to trusting Nomari, as she gives Nomari her piece of the Dragonstone, and then sacrifices herself to the druid. All the rest of Raya's crew soon follows, until it's just Nomari with all of the pieces of the Dragon Gem. Now, you'd think that the appropriate course of action to take is put all the pieces of the Dragon Gem together, right? Well, there's one little problem, because they left all the pieces with Nomari. And I kid you not, she almost betrays them again. Yeah! Yeah! A little opening in the tunnel forms, and then she nearly just takes all the dragon gem pieces separately and tries to escape with them. Like, what what is your plan here? You're going to put the pieces together, right? You're gonna stop the drone. Are you going to do that at all? What purpose would escaping have to this? How could you watch Six people sacrifice themselves in order to say, we trust you, we want you to do this, and then your first instinct is to just be like, oh, there's a way out, shoot, I gotta get out of here. Like, oh my gosh, how stupid and heartless are you? (sighs) Well, luckily, she only almost goes through with it, as she realizes, oh wait, maybe I shouldn't do that. She puts all the pieces of the gem together, and then she also sacrifices herself to the drone. There's a little moment where it's trying to fake us out, but no, the gem works, it eradicates all the drone, and all the people that were once petrified are now restored, including Raya, Nomari, and the rest of her friends. All the water is restored to the land, and even all the once petrified dragons come back too, which... why? The first time the Dragonstone was used to stop the drone. All the dragons were still petrified. I don't know what makes this instance so different, but it's surely not explained in the movie. And to make things even better, the dragons use their magic, and with the power of bad screenwriting, Sizu is brought back to life. But, this is a different Sizu. She seemed to learn from her near-death experience that maybe not everybody should be trusted at first glance. Maybe she should be more critical about the world around her and the people she interacts with. And maybe, trust is something that you shouldn't automatically give to people, but they should earn. Also, I'm totally kidding. Sizu brings everybody in for a hug, including her new friend Nomari. Because it doesn't matter what she did in the past, she's good now. Man, talk about a redemption arc. Nomari has been terrible this entire movie, and then after about less than 10 minutes of her actually doing the right thing, you're just expected to be completely on board with her being good now. This movie has such a warped, toxic lesson on trust. The idea that a character can be bad to you the entire time, and then after doing one good thing, you should hold them as being redeemed, is such a terrible lesson for kids and adults. I feel like Nomari's arc just feels like a toxic relationship. I know people who have been in toxic relationships. And the way I usually see it go, is that 99% of the time, their partner treats them terribly, but it doesn't matter. Because the victim always hangs on to that 1%. Oh yeah, they did this one small action for me, they care about me. I should still be with them because they care about me. Despite the fact that they're ignoring all the other terrible things that they have done. And that's what Nomari feels like to me. She has stabbed Raya in the back all the time during this movie, but because she did the bare minimum to help Raya, literally only putting pieces of the gem together that she was given by everybody else, she is supposed to be seen by the viewer as completely redeemed and a hero. And I really hate the excuse that this is supposed to be made for kids. I mean, every Disney movie's supposed to be made for kids, but the stories, characters, and writing are so good that anybody's able to enjoy it. Honestly, when I have kids, I don't want to show them this movie until they're older, because any movie that says that they should just trust anybody is one that I don't want to show them when they're very impressionable. Wait a minute, I didn't discuss the ending of the movie, did I? Well, to sum it all up, Everybody returns to their families, including Raya to Benja, who's now alive. All the other nations show up to heart, and to Benja's surprise, they all show an interest in uniting together, making Kumandra a reality once again. And finally, the movie ends. Man, I hate that I feel this way about this movie. I really, really wanted to like it. And I still stand by the fact that the beginning of the movie is really promising. But then it just turns into a mediocre quest movie, and then it just falls flat on its face by the end. Oh my gosh, the ending is by far the worst part of this movie. Now I've been thinking a lot about what would I do to improve this movie, and I think one of the best ideas that I have personally is to make it not a movie. When I saw the first trailer, one of the first things I thought of was Nickelodeon's Avatar The Last Airbender, and I don't think I'm alone in that. Like, of course they both have an Eastern influence, but I think that's kind of broad and very obvious, but also both of the worlds they focus on are both fractured into different divisions, and even the plot of the movie is having the last of a certain race to restore balance to humanity, either the last airbender or the last dragon, you know? They literally share- They nearly share a subtitle with each other. And I feel that if this movie was more of a mini-series than anything, I think it would fix quite a bit of the problems that I originally had. It would give us more time to know how Heart works as a nation and why the Waterstone isn't needed for prosperity. It would completely fix the second act of the movie, and let us explore this world that you've created, and flesh out all of the side characters that just seem to have been forgotten after Raya recruits them. And this may be a little on the nose, but they could name every single season after the places they go to. Season 1 is Heart, Season 2 is Tail, Season 3 is Talons, Season 4 is Spine, and Season 5 is Fang. I feel like this approach would have given the creators a lot more breathing room to tell the story they wanted to tell, as well as expanding on characters and locations that were underdeveloped during the movie. One problem with that idea though, this is Disney they're not going to want to take a risk and make a miniseries, they're going to want to make a movie which will reliably get them a ton of money no matter how good or bad the movie is. And I certainly do think that Ryan the Last Dragon can absolutely work as a movie, there's just going to have to be a lot of, uh, changes made. First off, in order to fix the pacing problem that the second act has, I think there should only be Four Nations instead of Five. I feel like Four Nations will still feel like a pretty big and varied world, and I think if we spend more time in the other regions that aren't Heart or Fang, the world would leave a much bigger impact. I also think that would help, so Rai would have a lot less side characters accompanying her. That way, we could have a more quality over quantity deal going on, and the ones that we do have can be more fleshed out. Another way to mitigate this issue is simply making the movie longer, but I don't know how comfortable Disney would be making a two to two and a half hour film considering they really care about their kid demographic, and they want to make sure that their film is long enough to tell a story, but not too long so kids could potentially lose interest. Now, when it comes to the overall message of the movie, I've already expressed how much I dislike it, but I feel like that's not what the creators intended for the message to be. I think the movie wanted to be more of a commentary on racism than a commentary on trust. At the final act of the film, A lot of the side characters were labeling Nomari based off of where she was from, so while there's no actual confirmation that this is true, there is a possibility that what the creators were trying to do with this movie is say, don't judge someone immediately based off their race, don't stereotype them without meeting them, and don't deem them trustworthy or untrustworthy based on their race alone. If that was the intention, I actually think that's quite a good moral, but if the movie was actually trying to portray that lesson, it didn't do a very good job at it. To make this movie a better commentary on racial prejudice, I feel like Raya should have not trusted anything associated with Fang. In the actual movie, the only person that Raya doesn't trust is Nomari, and because Nomari has shown that she's an untrustworthy person multiple times, it makes the movie's messages and themes about trust completely isolated from race. I personally think that incorporating this theme would have made the movie a lot more impactful and a lot more memorable as a result. And I think the final big suggestion I have for this movie to be better is to rewrite the role of Sisu entirely. I don't have much of an issue with her being a comic relief role, that's not really what I have a problem with, it's just the fact that Sisu is just really annoyingly useless throughout the entire movie, and never really seems to learn from her mistakes at all. One idea I had to improve Sisu is maybe not theme the movie around Sisu making Raya trust people more, but Raya teaching Sisu that she shouldn't trust people as much. I think it would have been really interesting to see Raya teaching Sisu how to set boundaries for herself. Seeing Sizu throughout the movie transform from this gullible character into one who can make more rational and informative decisions, I think would have added a lot of depth to her character, and make her a lot more likable as a result, instead of putting herself in near-death situations, and then forgetting about them the very next scene. Another idea that I had is, maybe instead of writing the jokes around the fact that Sizu is ignorant, Maybe write the jokes around the fact that Sisu is super overconfident. It just rubs me the wrong way that Sisu is this mythical creature, the last dragon on Earth, and yet she's really, really dumb. I think if they made her more overconfident based off of her role that she has, and that she's going to save the world, and have things go wrong for her because either she miscalculated a little bit, or just simply bad luck, I think that would have made her a much more likable character, while still making her feel like she's this all-powerful mythical creature. Because considering how highly everybody spoke about Sisu in Legends, she just turned out to be kind of a letdown for me. And as much as I hate to say this, that's kind of the best way I could describe my feelings toward this movie. A letdown. This movie seemed like it was going to be so much different than any other Disney movie. It wasn't going to be a musical, it was going to be more of a fast-paced action movie, and I was so ready for that. But instead, we got this bloated, forgettable movie that was equally parts frustrating and unfunny. And there isn't a lot of movies that I could think of that actively frustrate me like this one does. And once again, if you enjoyed this, that's amazing. My opinion is obviously not the be-all end-all, and I'm really glad that this movie entertained you. But as for me, Riot did not leave a good impression. And that's everything I wanted to discuss for today. This episode took a really, really long time to make, so I don't really know how many more movie reviews I'm going to be doing, or if I'm going to be doing any other ones soon. If you did like this, though, please let me know on my Twitter, at WhatPodcasts. This has been What's New, Andrew, and that's What's New.